0: Good morning, church family. As you know, we have decided to cancel all of our services and church programming for the next, uh, beginning today, the next three weeks. Um, This is not being done out of uh, an abundance of fear, but um, because we all know uh, perfect love casts out fear. Now, this is being done out of love, out of an abundance of love for others among us, our friends, our loved ones, our relatives, our neighbors that are at a greater risk. It's because we are to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. Now some have wondered uh, where best to, you know, to get their information about the virus. Uh, it's, believe it or not, not Facebook. Perhaps not the media. Uh, we recommend you go to indy.gov, I-N uh, dot G-O-V. Uh, when you pull that site up, it'll have a, a link. Right, it'll come right up. Just click on it, and it'll give you all the up-to-date information. Uh, in the state of Indiana and a lot of information from the CDC. So, so that's your source, that's the source that we recommend. If you're wondering what you can do personally and practically right now to help today, uh, well, the President of the United States has issued a proclamation uh, that today is a day of national prayer. We encourage everyone to pray. Pray for our leaders, uh, pray for our country, pray that uh, the Lord will protect. We pray that the Lord will forgive all our self-interest I pray that this would be God's people's finest hour. Second, remember those among us uh, who are shut in or shut off. Uh, Many of those folks already suffer from uh, social isolation. It will become worse now, and then they will have concerns about their health as well. So if you can, uh, sit down yourself or with your families and think of those in your family, in your church family who are are among those that will be forgotten, okay, that are normally forgotten. And remember them with, like, handwritten notes. Uh, make phone calls. Let them know that they are not forgotten. Let them know that they are loved. And uh, perhaps, you know, write them. Uh, make it a project today with your family to remember those folks and let them know. Now, uh, today's uh, message uh, is going to be a little different uh, uh, wh- while we're going to be, it'll appear live uh, I have one person in the audience, Jonathan, who's doing our filming this morning, but I'm going to envision the Pickering sitting right over here, and the Claire's here, and the Myers is here, and, uh, you know, about six, seven rows back, you've got the Hicks and then the Barnes, so I know where you are, and uh, I'm trying to visualize that you are there. But uh, uh, we're going to uh, continue with the series. I think there's a message for the time, um, and so uh, I had this prepared. I altered it a little bit last night, um, but... Uh, Good morning, church family, because uh, I, I know you're all out there watching and listening. And, uh, and uh, we are in the fourth week of a four-week series of messages and activities as, as kind of a reminder. This whole series, the whole idea behind it was it would serve as a reminder of our purpose as God's people. And, and you know, uh, as God's family, okay? And that is the people who love God love others, and are committed to making disciples by first teaching and equipping those of our church family that they may pass on the Patana faith from one generation to the next, as well as drawing others into the family. And our theme text for this series uh, has been Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. And if you will just join me at home this morning, uh, we know that you know this already, right? So let's just say it all together, okay? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, the title of this morning's message is, Write, Sharing Stories of the Lord's Faithfulness. Have you ever done this, church family? Uh, have you ever got that old picture album out, the old home movies or the less old home video cassettes or DVDs or whatever it is you have that history on? Have you ever got those old pictures out and relived the events of old? Listen, parents, I would submit to you that some, that, that, that those memories are some of the best moments. Times of sharing are some of the best moments for your children, and do you know why? you know why? Because... Because behind those pictures, there are adventure stories. There are adventure stories. Because th- these are opportunities, and by sharing them, these are opportunities to let history teach your children valuable lessons. Now, in the old days, before photography, what was, what, before it was what it was today, adventurers would write events of a day or a time period down in their journals. Okay, That way, endeavors would be preserved for generations to come. For instance... We know the thoughts and minds of many of our nation's founders. Why? Because they wrote them down. But today, we are so blessed with electronic devices that can both take pictures and video, as well as make phone calls, which I guess for history purposes kind of does the same thing as writing them down, Okay, Uh, For they are preserved for those who follow behind us. But by passing down history, passing on adventure stories, uh, is something that goes all the way back to the beginning. Okay, I mean, God wrote down through Moses the way we came to be. He, he told us about the creation event. And in the Bible, we have all manner of history being written down and told to us and retold to us. Now, the scribes wrote scripture and scrolls and parchment and such, such, such as that, but there, there were no printing presses or Xerox machines in Moses' day, and there wouldn't be for many generations, many centuries to come. And so for many of God's people, the best way to pass on both God's commands and their faith adventure stories of God's was something we refer to as the oral tradition. Now, what's the oral tradition? Well, basically, it's one person telling and retelling the same important truths and stories over and over again, that they might be deeply impressed on a person's memory. This is part of what Moses is saying in Deuteronomy chapter 6. God's people should impress God's commands, God's teachings, and God's adventure stories on their children that they might receive and embrace the baton of faith. For instance, and you note takers, you can write this down, and I know you're taking notes this morning, okay? And so pull those out and and write this down. Uh, This is your first point, because you can be sure that Abraham told his faith stories to Isaac, okay? And you can imagine the stories that Abraham told, right, church family? I mean, you can speak to me. What, 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 What stories might he have told? I mean i mean i mean there are a lot of stories that's right a lot of stories he could have told i mean think of the 25 years it took god to forge abraham into the man of faith that he became i mean he didn't become the father of a great faith overnight no it took 25 years of walking by faith 25 years of faith road trips and surely years later when sitting outside their family tent sitting by the evening campfire once isaac was old enough to understand surely abraham abraham delighted in telling the old tales like well isaac my son it's like this 25 years before you were born i was living in the land of ur you know by the euphrates river and and one day the lord almighty called out to me and he said abram because that was my name back then uh he didn't name me abraham till later and but that's a different story but he said abram Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. And I can easily imagine a three-year-old child saying, wow, dad, why did God say that? And then Abraham perhaps said, well, my son, that's not all the Lord said. For he also said, if you obey me, I will make you these great promises. I will make you into a great nation and I will make your name great. And I can easily imagine a three year old saying, Wow, Dad, will God make my name great too? Me too? And Abraham would have said, Well, my son, if you obey God's commands and keep his covenant, then you can be sure that our God Almighty will make your name great too. Dad, yes, son? What's a covenant? Well, that's a whole different story for another time, my son. But over the years uh, of Isaac's childhood and youth, imagine all the stories that Abraham had to tell him over and over and over again. Stories about traveling to the great tree of Morah, uh, where he, he, he built an altar and offered up a sacrifice to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And then Abraham would have told the story about the time that he and Lot's herdsmen got into a quarrel of a, a bit. And rather than fight over the land, he gave Lot first choice, which Lot was chick, uh, quick to choose. While he, Abraham, he waited on the Lord for instruction as to where he should take his family and live. And Abraham would have explained how Lot's choice brought him great troubles, uh, first being attacked and captured and carried off by the four foreign kings, and then again when the Lord destroyed his city of Sodom because of all of its wickedness. I mean, what a great story to tell Isaac, a story about God's mighty power as well as God's mighty grace. Because first, there was the story of how God helped Abraham rescue Lot, which is 318, from these four kings when he was taken hostage. And then a second story of how the Lord uh, spared Lot and his family, uh, their lives, just because Abraham, he, Abraham, was God's friend. So let me ask you, church family, I mean, you you ever meet someone who just seems to have a story to illustrate every occasion, you know, I mean, kind of to teach lessons? Well, Abraham, I'm sure, was one of those people stories of great events with the Lord. There's a story of how he, was, he got a new name, the amazing, miraculous story of how Isaac was born, and then how Isaac would one day be the recipient of the very same promises, promises of a great nation, promises of a great name, and you'll be the father of many descendants, he would have told him, so many that they'll be like the stars of the sky. Can you imagine, as a child or as a youth, having a parent speak such a grand vision for your life? I mean, talk about something to aspire to. That's such great parenting. Now, not all of Abraham's stories are wonderful adventure stories. I mean, stories of great events and great victories, uh, because along with those success stories where Abraham trusted and obeyed, I mean, surely Abraham would have shared the stories of his failures as well. Like when he grew impatient and took Hagar as a concubine wife, when he, I mean, he walked by sight rather than faith. And then there was the story of the time of the famine and he turned to the ways of egypt the ways of the world to solve his troubles instead of waiting on the lord and trusting in the lord i imagine abraham saying you see now isaac how the lord's ways are the way we should always go i mean abraham could have said that so so isaac would learn but then there's a third kind of story abraham would have told stories of how forgiving god was how how god is able to take all things, all things, even our failures, and work them for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Can you imagine the adventure stories Isaac grew up hearing? And you know what, church family, it wasn't just Isaac that grew up hearing these stories of adventure and promise, stories of God's faithfulness, because the telling and retelling of Abraham's faith adventures and later Isaac's faith adventures and later yet Isaac's son Jacob's faith adventures was something that God's people always did always did by oral tradition generation after generation in fact god commanded the fathers and mothers of god's people to instruct their children carefully especially when it came to the mighty adventures of yahweh their god through the great Deliver of God's people, Moses, roughly 500 years after Abraham's death, after his descendants had become a great nation, roughly two to four million people strong, God through the prophet Moses said, remember when you enter the land, the Lord promised your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember the commands that I have given you. Remember to be careful to obey them and press them on your children so that it may go well for you. Listen, church family, you know what comes next because we've been talking about it and impressing these verses from Deuteronomy 6, verses four through nine on our minds and our children's minds for four weeks now. Impress them on your children, these commands, these teachings. But we haven't looked at verse 12 yet. Do you know what verse 12 says, church family? It's the Lord saying to his people, be careful that you not forget the Lord. You know, church family, there are a lot of reasons we're telling stories of God's glorious adventures. For instance, we tell God's faith adventures as an expression of our love and appreciation for God's grace and mercy, as a tribute, as a way to honor God's greatness, and as evidence of God's faithfulness, and they are all very good reasons. But surely one of the reasons a father tells a son or a mother tells a daughter the stories of God's great adventures is so that they'll not forget the Lord. So that rather than go their own way in life, trying to make their own way, or trusting in the ways of the world, or the modern day Egypt, if you like, uh, is that instead of going that way, they'll trust in the Lord. They'll trust and obey in the Lord. They'll just wait on him and obey his instructions. You see, friends, Abraham understood that at any given point, his children or his children's children, that at any given point, his people, God's people, were just one generation away from falling away from the Lord's way and the Lord's adventures. And so Abraham told Isaac, and Isaac told Jacob, and so on and so forth, generation after generation. Now, here's the take-home for us. Are you listening, church family? I mean, listen carefully. Are you listening? You can speak to me, yes? Yes, all right. Isn't it interesting that we have just such an opportunity before us at this moment in time? Because the take-home is, just as surely as Abraham told his faith road trip stories to his son Isaac, we too, and you know—and you, you can write this down, note-takers, we too should tell our faith stories to our families. I mean, we should talk about them when we sit in our homes, like now, Okay, when we walk by the way, when we lie down at night, and we rise up in the morning. Now, I had planned on telling some story at this point in the message about how I look forward to telling my newest grandchildren about some of their grandparents' spiritual markers along life's way, maybe even some of their mamas, you know, but you don't need to hear another of the preacher's grandkids' stories this morning, I think, no. No, instead of me telling you one of my stories, let me issue you you individually, but also as a church family, a challenge this morning, that while we all sit at home today and the next few Sundays, instead of turning the computer on and playing my sermon, although I'd like you to do that too, what I'd like you to do is like shaman me right now and hear and listen to me on this one, because the challenge is for you to take this opportunity to spend each week planning out your own service. And it doesn't have to look like our service at all here at the church. It should include a few crucial elements like prayer, reading God's word, communion, you know, get some juice and crackers, perhaps a short teaching on God's word. Then you do this, parents. You do this, grandparents. You tell your children your stories, your faith adventures. Tell them the story of how you came to Christ. And then tell them why you still walk in his ways. In other words, practice what we've been learning about the last four weeks and turn it into a glorious adventure that honors our Lord. Now, if you're not married or your kids are raised and out of the home and it's just you or the two of you, do it anyway. Because what you'll find is you're not alone. For the Lord is always with you. Seriously, friends, I promise you, you do that today and the next two weeks Because, listen, your children and your family, they are keenly aware that there is something going on right now. Because people are frantic at the grocery stores, parents and youth are talking about it wherever they go, and they are sensing that the world around them is very unstable right now. But you can be the difference maker. You can be the example. You can show them that this is the rock on which we stand, our faith, while everyone around us is sinking sand. What an incredible opportunity we all have in this moment in time. You be the example. You take up this challenge, and you do this, and I promise you, your family will remember it. Seriously, it will make an impression. I honestly believe many years from now, your kids will say to their kids, when asked, do you remember when the coronavirus hit mom, dad? And your children will tell their children, yes, my son, yes, my daughter. I remember when the number 19 virus hit, and that's when we all gathered together in our home, and our parents taught us how we could be the church. And then we were. Listen, do that. Share your faith adventure stories with your children. Then after you do, get online and share it with the church family, that it may glorify the Lord, that it may edify the church family, you can do that by going on our church's Facebook pages and telling your story. If you don't do Facebook, call a friend uh, in the church or call us in the office and tell us all about We'd love to hear it because bottom line, you are, are, are you listening, church family? Bottom line, we should share faith adventure stories not just with our family, but with our church family as well. And that's our third and last point, note taker, so write it down. That is that we should all tell our faith adventure stories to our church family. Listen, friends, what a tremendous opportunity lies before us in this next few weeks. Let us live in confidence as he is always with us. Let us live in such a way that it becomes evident that we, are, that we have a deep love and devotion for our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us, let us and let our children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews see us doing it. Teach them as we go about living life, the life of God's people. And all God's people said, amen. Let's pray that it might be so. Father, we come this morning and uh, we live in a world that we know has been broken for a very long time. But the evidence is uh, never more evident than it is right now. And we have, we have uh, people panicking and in in our grocery stores and everybody's trying to seek the truth as what's going on and what they can anticipate. Lord, we pray that as God's people, that we might stand firm, that we might stand at peace, that we might stand in your love and your truth and be a light to a dark world. A lot of people, what a great opportunity you've given us, Lord. We pray that we would be your people, and we pray that our children would see us as we live out this great faith adventure, that the baton of faith might be passed on. We pray it would be so, in Jesus' name. See you next week.